Hello, and welcome to the Boom or Bust Fantasy Podcast. We're coming in hot with the best bad takes in the fantasy industry. Here are your hosts, Steve Reed, Kyle Gadley, Drew Marsh, and Zach Beekner. And welcome back to the Boomer Bust Fantasy Football Podcast. It's now week 11 in the NFL. I don't know where the first 10 weeks went, boys, but uh, our season's winding down. We're pushing towards the fantasy football playoffs, and we've got a lot to discuss. So, uh, unfortunately, Kyle's not here again. He's out in uh, what, Colorado hunting or something, lane, not participating, but... Uh, we got Zach and Drew here with us still, at least. So, uh, Zach, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Ready to talk some football. Yeah, football it is. And Drew, how's it going, big guy? Oh, pretty much the same. This year in fantasy has been iffy for me. I don't know if it's because I doubled my leagues or what, but it's not been great. It's definitely been an interesting year, to say the least. I mean, in our Boomer Bust League, we just had a team that was in first place sitting at uh, seven and or eight and one, pardon me, last week lose to somebody that hasn't set their lineup in like two months. <laughs> and uh, it's just been a wild, wild circumstance or like just happenings in the Boom and Bust League. But um, that's neither here nor there. We'll get to, uh, well, unfortunately, we'll start with our bet. It Our, our parlay didn't hit last week, thanks to Drew. And yeah. Chicago not being able to cover the minus was it minus three or minus three and a half money line or uh, spread I mean yeah but uh, we I mean, we went three for four Zach had Miami money line they hit pretty easily I took Giants minus five and a half Kyle took uh, was it Denver or was it no Tennessee minus two and a half or something like that everything hit except except for Drew so. Is what it is. Uh, as for the FanDuel DFS lineup we've been doing, we have a race. I mean, we're sitting after 10 weeks with two people with three wins, two people with two wins, and last week I managed to pull the dub off to tie Zach for season-long wins so far. And, um, yeah, Justin Fields balled out again. Thanks, Drew, for uh, your guy having a big week and overall just a, a good week for DFS. Do you guys have anything you want to touch on DFS or you just want to move along to uh, our picks for this week? I'd say we move on to our picks for this week. I'd pretty much, I mean, uh, if I was going to say anything, I'd just say how astonishing it was that Jay Jetters had the game he did against the team he did. And then that that'd be about it. Yeah, I mean, it look, looking at my lineup for this week, it's looking like I'm going to take the dub, so. <laughs> we're confident. Uh-huh. We're confident, all right. So I guess we'll start, uh, go top to bottom here. I don't know who finished second, so I'll have to pull that up afterwards, but I finished first last week. This week, I'm, uh, I'm kind of riding a couple different trains here. I like Dallas versus Minnesota. I like Giants versus Detroit. So I got Dak against the Minnesota defense. 
Saquon against Detroit, Cordero Patterson against Drew's Bears. Gabe Davis is my wide receiver in one. Juan Dale is my wide receiver two, although he just got an injury designation. He was limited today with a hammy. I took George Pickens against Cincy. Cole Komet, who also got an injury designation today with a thigh injury. Chris Olave in my flex and Bill's defense. Overall, anything you guys have to take away from that lineup? Nope, sounds good. Yeah, no, I like it. Okay, so, got it. Uh, Kyle actually came in second last week, which surprises me. Uh, just because he's been, you know, so consistently, so consistent at coming in second. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, but uh, he's rocking Justin Fields, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Darius Slayton, uh, Garrett Wilson, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Higby, Jarvis Landry, and the Pats defense. Uh, I mean, he spent up on quarterback and running back. Kind of had to go cheap with his uh, receivers. No receiver over $6,300. What do you guys take on his lineup? Uh, the receiver's kind of weak. I don't mm, – we'll see. Yeah, receiver. Probably second place finish again. Yeah, for me, receivers are pretty weak. Like, I heard Curtis Samuel, and he's questionable, and he's going against, Houston. sadly, the third best team against the pass solely because they're <laughs> so terrible. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I do like the Slayton pick. I tried to sneak him in my line, but I didn't have the funds for it, but – he had a big week last week in Detroit's defense is atrocious. So, Zach, you came in third last week. What are you rocking this week? Oh, well, I'm taking Kirky Cousins versus Dallas. Yuck! I'm going Saquon Barkley. I'm going Najee Harris, Amonra St. Brown, Chris Olave, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, and uh, Moreau. And then the commander's defense. Who's Moreau? Foster Moreau? Yeah, Foster Moreau. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do have one question for you, though. Yes. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, are, are you not worried about after the bye and uh, last week, Jalen Warren? I don't even know. Actually, now to think of it, I don't even remember oh. if the Steelers had their bye. Yeah, they they last week was their first week off the bye. Okay, are you not worried that Jalen War- Warren gets more involved this week? So, I what what I saw is he actually broke off some big runs, and he was one yard shy of a hundred yards. Are you talking about Najee? Na- Najee, that is yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking that. It's a wake-up call for him, and he's been running the ball a lot better. He hasn't been trying to dip and dive going east and west. He's been getting north and south fast, and uh, it was an improvement. And if you don't think it was an improvement from last from last the last few games, I mean, for some reason, Pittsburgh's run game has some merit to it all of a sudden. And uh, I think... Do you I call one game all of a sudden? No, two. They had a pretty good run. They had some good running yards uh, against uh, the Eagles as well. I, they rushed for about 189 yards that game combined. I, I hear you, but is it is it enough of an improvement to 
pay the cost of throwing him in your DFS lineup. That's what I want. He's only he's only six thousand dollars. Yeah, his his values drastically dropped. I know yeah. that. But I, I, mean, I mean, I feel like if we see Najee get a, a few more targets, then we'd be fine. I mean, look, he, he had six targets, six catches against Philly. He had one target all week against uh, or all game against New Orleans. I mean, just you average that out, and he has a couple. You know. Cool. Well, here I get. I'll give you a sneak peek of my lineup, and you can tell me if I'm being a homer here or not. But David Montgomery, David Montgomery. is only, only sixty-two hundred, and Khalil Herbert is on IR, and they're playing the twenty-third run defense in the NFL this week. Would you argue that's not a better pick? Coin flip because I feel like Justin Fields is going to vulture. A substantial amount of those carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, what uh, Herbert had—I don't know what he had last week—but Montgomery had uh, nine carries. Khalil Herbert had ten. So I mean, th- there's still some bone left on, or some meat left on the bone. But do you think Tristan uh, Ebner is going to get any any touches this week? I think he gets three to five. So you're thinking Montgomery picks up six to seven carries? Yeah, and the pass game work easily. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's to his own. Yeah, I guess off of that, I'll go into my DFS lineup. My lineup goes: Joe Burrow, David Montgomery, Brian Robinson, Tyler Boyd, Gabriel Davis, Darnell Mooney, Dalton Schultz, Jonathan Taylor, and the Commanders' defense against Houston. So you're so I, I have a question for you now. Yes. You're not worried about what Joe Burrow did last time against the Steelers? He still had a good game last time against the Steelers. That's he the still, still threw game. five inter- he still he, threw five interceptions. Even with those interceptions in our boomer bust league, he had twenty one points. Four interceptions, pardon me. Four interceptions and two fumbles. And the the defensive backs have declined since then. I could agree. I don't know. I just, I just feel like yeah, if anything, they played well. They played well last week. They got KZ. Now, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he filled in fine for Minka, but he also took an idiotic penalty against uh, Chris Olave, who absolutely shouldn't, you know, hospital pass from Andy Dalton kind of thing. But either way, so. As it sits right now, Zach and I are tied in DFS with three wins apiece. Drew and Kyle tied at two wins apiece. So on the bright side, at least that's that's a close battle. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you've looked or not, Drew, but uh, the underdog league that you, Kyle, and I drafted early in the season, it's not, I'm it's not, going, not going very well for me. Tight end one, tight end one, Darren Waller is not the answer. <laughs> it's not working. He's now, he's now on IR. And it's yeah, it's so just curious. been a rough, rough I'm, season. I'm not actually in. You're not. I'm, you're not I'm in not, that one. That was before. I'm not we in added that you. one. Yeah. But um, the one that I am, the one that I'm in with you, I'm in first place still, for that million dollars. For the, is it a puppy or is it best ball mania? No, it's the mania one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm in first place for the mill. Yeah, we're in the we're in the same one. I'm in third in that one, and I also did another draft in that league, in Best Ball Mania three, and I'm in first in that one. 
and it was not looking good for me because my only QBs are Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan, and for some reason, Matt Ryan played, so it kind of worked out. But yeah, so so how about uh Scott Fishbowl did a an underdog league? Sorry, I'm we're off topic, but we're on underdog. Scott Fishbowl League does a an underdog thing to qualify for I think Scott Fishbowl tournament next year. Uh, my quarterbacks are jo- uh, Russ Wilson, who sucks, and Geno Smith. I managed to draft <laughs> Geno Smith not knowing he was going to be the star he's been thus far. There you go. So, I mean, we, we out here, but uh, off topic, now back on topic. Let's get to our parlay for this week. As you guys know, if you've listened, we originally started doing Thursday night parlays. We've now gone to just overall weekend parlays. And I guess, Drew, since you're the one to lose it for us last week, why don't you let us know what uh, you're going with this week? Well, I'm taking another iffy one, I guess. But I don't know. It seems like a decent deal. The Ravens Mm. have been back and forth in close games this year for the most part. And the Panthers seem to be week to week. You know, they're either looking on or completely falling off so i guess we'll see how it goes but i'm taking the panthers plus 13 against the ravens this week Mm -hmm. i know zach was giving you grief earlier but i don't mind the pick the only thing that does worry me though is that baker will be starting and it just feels like baltimore and baker there's a obviously there's a history there what's what's truly going to happen i guess so we'll see uh with that I'll go next. I'm taking Minnesota as plus one and a five, plus one and a five, plus <laughs> one and a half underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys. That's uh Cowboys opening as favorites. Games in Minnesota seems tough, but uh, I don't know. I, I I like Minnesota. They just came off that big gutsy win against against Buffalo, and it, it feels like something that should could could happen easily. What do you guys think? I mean, I I don't know. It seems like such a close one to call. It makes sense that they should be able to win it pretty easily, but I don't know that Cowboys always seem to have some fight in them, so it should be a fun one to watch. Fair enough. Zach, do you have anything? And if not, you can just go ahead with, uh, with your leg here. With my leg? So my leg, I went with. <clears throat> oh crap! I will pull it up if you need it. It freaking froze up on me. Uh, I went took... with the New York. I went with the New York Giants over Detroit. Money line. Money line. Money line. Yep. Yep. I just think that uh, well, Detroit's defense is bad and. Uh, they're definitely gonna, I don't know why or how or what's going on with this New York team, but somehow they're good this year when nobody expected it. Um, and, uh, they've been playing some good baseball. They've been playing some good football. Um, (laughs) wow. Yeah. Um, all right, I mean, I, on that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just, you know, <laughs> shut up now. Brain's mush today, so. I get what you're saying. I like, I really like, I do like Giants money line. 
it could. The thing that scares me though is the Lions' offense can kind of. It feels like they're an offense that can kind of score at will, or at least it was early in the season, as they were the top scoring offense. I think for the, through the first month of the year, mm-hmm. and we really haven't seen the Giants in a high scoring affair, and or at least be successful in a high scoring affair. Right. So that would be the only thing that worries me in this game, but I absolutely do love the Giants' money line. I I, I like the minus three, which is what the spread's at right now, even. Mm-hmm. So, Drew, do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, surely they can work it out here. They've had their struggles at wide receiver, but, you know, Darius Slayton showed out last week, and if we can just get, you know enough work there from the wide receivers i think they can pull it off and i think i think they can do it Fair enough and then kyle is taking the chicago bears plus three against the atlanta falcons oh wonder who picked uh, that for him. <laughs> <laughs> um i threw it out there everybody agreed i don't want to hear it <laughs> I mean, I know, on, I'm just messing with you, buddy. <laughs> honestly, they should have covered last week. There, there was no reason they should they shouldn't have covered that minus three spread or minus three and a half, whatever it was. Basically, yeah. their only fault right now is not being able to stop the teams games. from scoring on defense. And well, it's almost like you just traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn or something. Yeah, I know yeah. it's crazy. It's not, like, it's not like you don't have a defense anymore. Yeah, but I mean. The Falcons have been terrible on offense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, as long as the Bears offense, <laughs> as long as the uh, Bears offense can continue to score, I feel like the Falcons won't be able to keep up. But we've seen crazier things happen. So, who knows? I mean, the fa- the, the Atlanta fans are are calling for. Uh, Oh god, who's the quarterback they drafted out of uh Desmond Ritter. Yep. So we'll, we'll see. Is he, is he healthy yet or uh, he's been he's healthy. Hurt. No, yeah, he's oh, been I'm healthy. thinking of I'm thinking of uh what's his Panthers. Name? Matt Corral. Yeah. So with that, let's go ahead. We're gonna hop into our booms and busts for this week. As it sits for last week, we had a tie for first place. Between Drew and Kyle at five points each. Zach came in at a big fat zero. Mm-hmm. And I stunk it up at minus five points last week. Oh no. For Drew, um, Chris Olave t- uh, was a boom. He was right around projection. Amonra and Tyler Higby both uh, boomed for him. For his busts, Goddard and Fournette were just around projection or within the five point threshold. And Drake London actually boomed. For myself, Justin Fields obviously had a massive week. QB won back-to-back weeks. He boomed. ETN busted. And Brissett was a a scratch. For my busts, MVS went off, obviously, 15-pointer. Michael Gallup and Allen Robinson were scratches. For Kyle, he had Deion Jackson as a boom who didn't see a single target, touch, anything. Uh, And Hawkinson and Nick Chubb. They were both scratches for his busts. He had David Montgomery, who did bust. Wondell Robinson, who busted. And Devontae Smith, who scratched. And for Zach, his booms were George Pickens, 
Christian Kirk, who went off, and David Njoku, who obviously didn't play. Uh, so he went scratch, boom, bust. And for his bust, he had Pittman, Michael, uh, Mike Evans, and Aaron Jones. And the same thing, scratch, boom, bust for his bust. So season long, Drew's at 80 points. Kyle's at 60 points. I'm at 40. And Zach's at a negative 15 still. <laughs> so no progress made, no progress lost, I guess, kind of thing. Yep, I'm fine with it. So you guys are going to go over Kyle's two booms and busts like we did last week again and, and then whatnot? Yep, sure. Okay. So for booms and busts this week, uh, Kyle's first boom, he has Tony Pollard. He says he's been balling without Zeke in the lineup. He's going to continue to put up big numbers without Zeke in the lineup or even with him in the lineup. He's projected at 12.94. I know this kind of ties into something later in the show, but what do you guys think about about TP? <laughs> Zach, go ahead. I mean, yeah, uh, I do agree that he has been putting up huge numbers without Zeke, but like, why? What if he's if he's so much more better? Is it just be? Are the Dallas Cowboys just playing Zeke because of the amount of money they spent on him, or yes. is Zeke actually? better you know what i mean i don't know i mean definitely doesn't show on the stat line but i guess um we'll have to see uh i mean i don't think uh whatchamacallit's that much of a slouch uh in the run defense when it comes to minnesota um they did pretty well um against some teams in the past but we'll have to see I mean, it's trending towards Zeke playing this week. He was limited in went for Wednesday, which I think is the most he's logged since week seven, maybe, when he played. Uh, Minnesota is sixth against opponents' rush te- or, uh, rushing attack. It's just, I don't know. I, I like Pollard. I-, I think he could be a number one back given a full workload, but if Zeke plays, I don't I don't see him booming this week. Even if he doesn't, I think they're going to have to pass to be able to, to be uh, contenders in this game. Yeah. Or do you just want to stay reserved and, and save yeah, your, your we'll piece just, for later? We'll hold it for a minute. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, his second boom is going to be Tyler Higby. He's predicted 11.32. Says without cop in the lineup. He is number one. He was the number one target on the team. Watch for him to have eight plus and possibly a TD. So Kyle's projecting a touchdown this week for Higby. I I wouldn't go that far. I still think Ben Skaronic might low key have something to say about that, just because he's going to get peppered with targets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we we haven't seen Higby score a touchdown all year, and he's trying to say he might have one this week. How do we feel about that? I mean, definitely could be possibility due to the fact that there is no more Cooper Cup. I mean, somebody's got to catch touchdowns. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, but you, my... Yeah, I mean, you really are banking on the touchdown this week because the Saints, for some reason, have been decent against tight ends this year. And, yeah, he gets – he's – last week he had eight – catches for 73 yards 
but with his projection going up to from last week against a team that was terrible against tight ends, you know, you're really betting on a touchdown to happen this year, this this, this week. week for Tyler Higby. So. Yeah. And I mean, you're needing a 16-point performance. He's only reached 16-plus once all year. So well, that's a little tough for me to – a little hard for me to solve that pill. But, I mean, at the same time, like you said, he could be the number one target now that, that Cup's out of the lineup. And we know um, – I can't say that. Never mind. I'm going to get us canceled if I say that. Uh <laughs> For his busts, he's taking Michael Pittman, 13.61 points against Philly. He says it's a tough matchup against a quality opponent. Quarterback situation isn't great, and he's not getting quality targets. Drew, what's your take on Michael Pittman? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can call him a bust, really. I mean, Matt Ryan played last week, and Michael Pittman still had nine targets. Yeah, it didn't translate to a bunch of fantasy points. Yeah, but he may, but I mean he had eleven, and that's kind of in a down week for him, I guess. You know, that's what we were projecting. We're like, yeah, we're down on Michael Pittman, but he still was flex worthy. So I don't know if I could come a bus this week. Really, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in the long run, the thing that sucks about Michael Pittman is people drafted this guy to be a wide receiver one. Yeah, that's the problem. And he's sitting at. Wide receiver sixteen in PPR scoring right now. I mean he's I mean he's a wide receiver two, don't get me wrong, that's fine. If you drafted him in, as a wide receiver two, then you're absolutely not sweating it. But the way he's played this year, I mean he's had his his ups have been really up and his downs have been really down. I mean, from week one going to twenty nine and then being hurting in week two, fifteen point performance down to six. I mean he's at an eight and a five five point performance, it's just it's just painful. But at the same time, I absolutely get what Kyle's saying because big play Darius Slays is still making plays. And overall, the Philly secondary has been quite impressive and hasn't given up a ton of points to fantasy receivers. But I just don't know. I mean, I don't know who who's going to get the ball then because I would assume Indy's going to be down in this game. And it just makes sense to throw Michael Pittman the ball 10, 13 times. Zach, do you have anything for, for Pittman? Uh, I think I took him last week, and I don't think he – I think I took him as a bust last week. Did he bust? No, uh, last he week – no, he scratched last week. Okay. He, he was – yeah, like I think he's probably 13 or 14. He scored 11. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe this play calling with, with with Jeff Saturday is actually the answer for Michael Pittman owners. Although Paris Campbell had a huge game last week, so did JT. So, who knows what it's actually going to be? Yeah, yeah. I there's mean, a lot of people that are saying they trust Paris Campbell more than Michael Michael Pittman at this point, and I don't know if I can I can't go that far yet. No, just because Paris Campbell has one good week, but I don't know. I I can't I can't get on the. Michael Pittman bus train yet. We'll have to see how this week goes, but yeah, Zach, you had something before. Or did you cut you off there? Uh, well, I mean, it was basically the same. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's not the greatest. Uh, he hasn't been the greatest this year, and I just I don't know. I see him. I I feel like he's exactly like what Drew said. He's I just don't trust him yet. 
But that's probably due to quarterback play is the reason I don't trust him. Right. I mean, last year, what, what did he finish last year? Wide receiver 17. With old man Phillip Rivers throwing the ball, we thought for sure he'd have an upgrade this year. and Thus far, it it's hasn't happened, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last bust, we're going to go with Amari Cooper. He's projected at 12.5 points, essentially, like 12.51. Uh, going up against Buffalo. Kind of the same thing here, I feel like. It's a matter of you're going up against a team where you're probably going to be down and down a bunch of points. They're going to need to throw the ball, and I feel like Amari Cooper is just going to get peppered this week. And I don't know. I looked at Cooper, but then I'm, it just like it feels like this could be a big Cooper bounce back week because uh, we like week week five through eight he was pretty consistent, like fourteen plus points all but one of those weeks. He had a bad week last week against Miami, but I don't know. I'm I'm thinking Cooper could bounce back this week. How do you guys feel about uh, Amari? The I would bet on him. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead, Zach. I would bet on Cooper bouncing back more next week against Tampa with 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 Deshaun coming back Deshaun's not back till week 13 oh week 13 I thought it was week 11 he can uh, already start mistake. practicing he, he can start practicing but he's not yeah, back for week 13 are you sure I, that's he suspended 11 games right oh no he's, he's, he's suspended 12 11 I thought Eleven. His first game back's against Houston. I'm pretty Houston. sure. That's, right. Yeah, next, yeah against, that, that's next, true. That's interesting. Next week's against Tampa. Yeah, huh. they say eleven games, but they also say he's available against Houston. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Um, I, I'm I'm doing my research. Keep keep talking. It's it's eleven games. They already had their bye. Not eleven oh. weeks. So that's where that Correct. makes sense. Correct. Yes. I, I was trying to figure that out in my head. and There we go. Figured it out. Doesn't help when you're dumb. <laughs> but I the, only, the the reason I can get on with a uh, – I can agree with a bus this week for Amari Cooper is that the snow in Buffalo is supposed to be pretty bad this week. You know week. what? And we're looking at a big run game for Cleveland. So that's – that's we where honestly, I can get on with it. We honestly could see a Cleveland up, a Cleveland win here against a Buffalo team. It's very possible if the snow is really bad. You know the Bills don't know how to run the ball more than twelve times in a game with the running backs. You know, mm-hmm. that's probably exaggerating, but at the same time, that's the bread and butter for Cleveland. So, yeah, and I. I didn't even like take that into consideration. They were projecting what, like three to six feet, or something crazy, <laughs> something, something stupid. I yeah, mean, that, 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 was... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, it could be a big like twenty-five to thirty-five carry Nick Chubb week or something, just something insane. <laughs> if they're gonna get that kind of that kind of snow. Yeah, I mean that we're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna look like that game uh, whenever they had Lee Shaw, Lee Shaw McCoy in the backfield. And he somehow finds a way to break. He was the he was the only one to score all game or something like. That. I, yep. I just watched yep. I just watched highlights on that like a week ago for some reason it popped up yep. on yeah. my YouTube uh, 
feed i watched it but what they call it the snowball or something like that yeah something something silly so i guess between the three of us Drew, you came in first between the three of us i guess so why don't you go ahead and hit us off or kick us off with your first boom this week all right so my first boom for this week is going to be david montgomery he's projected at 14.87 points and with Khalil herbert on the ir he should get more carries than they usually he's been getting like 11 or so and against the falcons there had there's no reason for it not to go well they're terrible mm-hmm. against the run i don't know like i hear you justin fields is taking a lot of carries but at the same time he's gonna come back to earth at some point and they're gonna have to hand the ball off to david montgomery yeah i mean that's really my only concern if you look at the past let's say five games all except for one of those games he's had 12 plus carries and this is this is fields that is and monty oops uh monty has seen i mean i guess since you know going back like i said five games he's seen like 15 plus carries all except two weeks now so i don't know atlanta's defense is bad we're gonna need to see what a 19 point performance out of him yeah which is which is very doable because We've seen him be good when he gets the featured role, so I, I guess I don't. I truly don't have an issue with it. I'm just worried that Fields vultures at least maybe a touchdown. That, that's going to be a thing. Like if he, if Monty doesn't get a touchdown, do you think he booms this week? Because it feels like Fields could easily vulture one of those goal line. You know, not even goal line, but just red zone touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, obviously, without a touchdown, it would be looking kind of rough. But I don't know. I just feel like with how much they're going to be able to run. I feel like they'll mm-hmm. be able to trust if they get in a goal line situation, well, they'll be able to trust giving it to David Montgomery. I mean, I, I guess my argument now is kind of subsided because just look what Foreman, Deontay Foreman did the last two times he played the the Falcons, 26 and 31 carries. He had 248 total yards and four touchdowns in those two games and 50, what 55 points basically. So, so you know what? Montgomery, I would argue, is better than Foreman. And I can see it happening. Zach, do you have anything to add to, to DeMont? Um, I, I, like, I like Monty a lot. Um, but I, I can see where you were saying, like, a couple of his, a couple of his uh, touchdowns gets vultured by Fields. What's he projected for? Uh, fourteen point eight, almost fifteen point eight. I mean, he gets one touchdown and a hundred yards. I mean, he's pretty daggone close to booming, and I could definitely see one touchdown and a hundred yards easy for this heavy run offense. And I absolutely imagine that he's the one that gets the passing work now. Yeah. Not he, that they've they've utilized a ton of running back out of the passing game, but he's he's surely to benefit from Herbert being down. Yeah, and it's it's weird that they went out and got uh, Chase Claypool because it feels like they they feel better to pass now because I feel like they've opened up the passing just a bit more. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, but it's not much more, but they pass it more than nine times a game. Yeah, exactly. It's it's and it's gotten better. He's making better decisions. Granted, it's not like they're passing all over the place but when they do pass 
he's making better decisions with it. So there's more confidence there. I don't know if it's because of Chase Claypool just being there because, I mean, he did nothing last week. But well, I mean, I feel like people actually respect him more than they would respect uh, St. Brown. Like when me is St. Brown or Kill Harry. That's true, yeah. All right, I guess, Zach, since you somehow finished second last week with a whopping zero points, I mean, here's your first boom. You just got to be – you just got to get good. Um, <laughs> Says the guy at minus 15. Uh, you said boom? Yes, yep. sir. Um, we're going with uh, Cordero Patterson. Um, I with the Bears losing, they're very good linebacker and trading him away. I just think this has this game is going to be a lot of big runs between both teams. Um, I think I think they're going to utilize him a little bit more. I understand that Huntley has been being used a little bit more. Um, but. I just think uh, I just think this is where Cordero gets back on his horse and just shows how he can take over a game being the utility guy again. I mean, actually, Algier, Tyler Algier ended up out snapping everybody and out carrying everybody last week. Uh, but he also caught three passes for a total of negative 17 yards. So <laughs> that that's kind of rough. Um. But, but overall, I like the Cordero Patterson pick. The Bears defense, like you mentioned, isn't great. His projection, I feel like, is super low for what we saw thus far through court for, for Patterson. I mean, week one, he's a 24.5 point performance. Week two, 25 points. His first week back from uh, the IR stint, he was on. He was at 18, and then uh, he played last week against Carolina. Didn't do anything, but I don't. I really like this pick. I mean, I... I saw your pick when it came in and kind of kicked myself because I didn't realize his projections were as low as they were. Mm-hmm. And 17 just feels like a very doable number for him because oh, yeah. he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And if he finds the end zone once even, I mean, it's it's a, it's basically a scratch. So, Drew, do you have anything for, for Patterson? I mean, yeah, he's missed, what, four games and he's still running back 35. I mean, mm-hmm. for what that is, that's pretty good. And granted, he's been kind of boom bust for when he has played. But at the same time, like, they're going to, if the Bears do keep it up with their offense, they're going to have to have some sort of spark on offense to keep up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. To me, it seems like the only option they really have is getting Cordero Patterson involved heavily. So yeah. I would expect him to boom this week really that's gonna be their like only shot here to try and keep up Mm -hmm. i agree so that leaves me with my first boom this week and i will say all my booms are super low projections right now but i just i like their matchups a lot and my first one is going to be darius slayton he's projected at 9.46 against detroit who's Past defense has basically been non-existent all season. I mean, they've had some sparks of life with Jeff Okuda and Amari uh, Akorie or whatever his name is at a Penn State. Uh, but Dan- Daniel Jones just trusts Darius Slayton. 
White Vic, as as uh, Saquon Barkley calls him, just just likes to pepper Slayton. And I mean, three catches for ninety five and a touchdown last week against Houston, which is a better defense than they are this week. I, I think a fourteen to fifteen point performance is easy. I think this week for for Slayton and. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. I, I like the matchup he has at least, and it could be uh, another big week. What do you guys have to add? Yeah, I mean, I I love Darius Slayton. I've wanted him to break out since he came into the league. It just hasn't happened, and it's it's frustrating because they refuse to get him super involved for some reason. But he shows like last week, they only gave him four opportunities, but he took three of them. And got 95 yards and a touchdown. It's like mm-hmm. if you give this fan consistent opportunity, he's gonna show out. So, I think he could get it this week, and he could boom this week. I don't, I don't see why not. As long as they're, you know, passing the ball this week, I think mm-hmm. he could easily boom. I mean, outside of the two weeks where he only caught one pass, which was Week Four against Chicago and Week Six against Baltimore, he's been a basically an 11 and a half plus point performance each week. Yeah. So even I mean it, it would boom at eleven and a half, but it, it, it I mean it's at least a good week, and I could argue a decent flex option, especially with bye weeks now. Mm-hmm. Zach, what do you have for Darius? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it, their pass offense is just so weird. Um, one week it's Darius Slayton, next week it's. Nobody, yeah, nobody, (laughs) or or one or Wandell, or it's it's just so streaky. Like, um, you definitely know their run first team, Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just iffy for me. I don't know how I feel about Slayton. He's I I stayed away from him. So so how about Richie James just falling off the face of the earth? I mean, they gave him twelve, what, uh, seventeen targets through three weeks. And hasn't seen more than three since then. I was like, what? Yeah, he like Anyways. two punts in a game and then they just shut him off. They <laughs> said, yep, you're no trash, more. kid. <laughs> no more. Uh, you're my done. First... <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're not getting political, though. No. Political. Fuck. Uh, my first bust, though, I'm going to take Devontae Adams. I mean, prior, I, I didn't realize it when I took him. Uh, but after I took him, he was limited in practice with an abdomen injury. I would imagine he plays through that, but the issue becomes he's projected at 19.6 points. He's going against Denver, and Patrick Sertan has absolutely shut down opposing receivers. I mean, I get it the first time they played. He had a 21.5-point performance, but outside of that week, Sertan has held his his op- uh, opposing wide receivers to essentially nothing and i think it, it, if denver wants to win this game it's going to be a matter of, of pat sertan shadowing Devonte and, and shutting him down so yeah, opinions I mean, thoughts and mo- concerns and most of denver's games this year it's low scoring and it's because their offense is terrible but their defense is pretty good so i actually just saw a stat if if denver averaged 18 points a game. They would, I think, have one loss on the season or something like that. Yeah. Like, just insane. So, 
I mean, if you were going to call a Devontae Adams bust at this point with how much he needs to be involved in the offense, it'd probably be a good one to call it this week with how well the Broncos defensive backs play. You know, it's not showing on the, you know, win tallies, but most of their games are low scoring because of how good their defense has been. It's just their offense Mm -hmm. can't seem to get it together, but. I don't know. It's tough to call it a bust, but if it's going to happen, it's definitely a good call for this week. But at the same time, I think it was like two or three weeks ago. It would have been three weeks ago now. Zach somehow called that bust against New Orleans, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Who so. was that? I think I said Zach, but maybe I'm no, 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 no. I meant who, who was the white Oh, Devontae. Oh, Devontae. Devontae? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was going against Lattimore. Oh, I don't think Laddie played that game. I don't think he's played in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got Certe in this game. What are your takes on uh, on Devontae? I mean, <laughs> when your quarterback's at the podium crying. <laughs> oh, um, poor guy. Yeah. You know it ain't good. <laughs> so, guy. I mean, very possible. I mean... Uh, it's just a dumpster fire out there in Vegas, and I don't know why they got rid of their intern coach. Seems kind of stupid. Yeah, I agree. And Laddie hasn't played since week five, so he didn't he didn't even get the Lattimore treatment against the Orleans. He didn't, so he's just utter garbage. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't go that far. I mean, when you're averaging 25-plus points a game – it was a I joke. Mean, it was a joke. I, I know. Uh, anywho, Zach, who is your first bust? All right. We all we all we all love making fun of my busts. Um, sure do. So my first bust is uh, gonna be D Hop. <laughs> Did you read my reasoning? <laughs> Surely didn't. Okay. Uh, well, he'll be doubled all game, and uh, as we all know, the uh, the new Call of Duty edition came out this week, so um, I, th- I don't think he does his studying. And uh, him and D-Hop, I-, I seen a video where D-Hop was visibly mad with him, asking him what he was doing because he was missing him. And uh, I just think that uh, D-Hop's starting to get a little frustrated with the uh, young quarterback and the young quarterback's giving it right back to him. I mean, it just seems like there's a little bit of trouble in paradise there. And uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury's looking for an excuse to get rid of uh, his uh, quarterback, Kyler Murray. And he just hasn't been playing as well as we all expected to or hoped in the fantasy world. And I just think that uh, it trickles over to D-Hop and it causes him to not hit his 18 points this week. And with and with all that said, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to play this week. He didn't play last week. Colt McCoy played last week, and D-Hop went 10 for 14 for 98 yards. He had yeah. 19 points. Granted, that was against the Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers are a much different defense. Yes, and that too. That San, it's just San Francisco's pretty good defense too. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it just really depends on if Colt McCoy shows up or not. 
but for me, I'm gonna have a tough time calling him a bust. I have, I would say, he gets within the five point, you know, range to stay on track to not bust. But I guess it's possible. I guess we'll see how well Colt McCoy does against a tough defense. But yeah, well, the thing is, Colt McCoy is also listed as questionable right now oh, with a knee oh, injury. Yeah, yeah. So if we see you know, QB1 Trace McSorley. I mean, throw it on a dime. Like, are they going to let him dish it? I mean, he got to. <laughs> what right? else are they going to do? Hand it to James Conner because they cut Eno Benjamin. Yeah, what did anybody ever figure out why? Like, did he did he kill a child or something? Like, I've heard, <laughs> it's, possi- I've heard it's possible that as soon as James Conner came back, he had like two touches and he asked what's up i don't know if it was confrontational or not maybe it was but maybe that was the reason that led to it maybe he confrontationally was like why do i why do i just not get any more touches you know i don't know but we may never know the real reason that's essentially why kylan ale got released in green bay i don't know if you guys saw matt lafleur i mean not that it's fantasy relevant but matt lafleur basically said that even in like a limited role, he expects his guys to be there supporting his teammates and not wondering why he's not getting touches. And Kylan Hill just got cut this past week uh, for the Packers. So interesting tidbit that you mentioned there. But as far as D hop goes, it's just <sighs> you're looking at a 12 point performance. And outside of week nine, he's been 19 plus in the four games since he's come back from suspension. Three of those weeks, he's seen fourteen or thirteen or fourteen targets and had ten plus catches. Like, even if McSorley is playing, I, I I think they let him throw the ball a little bit. You'd, you'd have to think they they're gonna have to against San Francisco. I mean, maybe, maybe he'll put it on a dime and whatever that song that TikTok made famous says. But throw it on a dime. Either way, I I don't know. I I don't think I can see D Hop busting is the biggest issue. Well. If it is, if he doesn't bust, it'll be because he breaks a short pass from Trace Big. So we'll see. Fair enough. And that leaves us with Drew's first bust. All right. My first bust for this week is going to be Tony Pollard. He's projected at 12.94 points. And we already talked about it pretty much. It's a tough matchup for the run game against Minnesota. They're sixth in the league against the run this year so far. And Zeke is most likely going to be back. And I just can't see it going well for Pollard this week. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. And yeah, if he does what he does and gets an explosive run randomly and it works out for him, then it works out for him. But, you know, I think at some point here it's going to not work out. And with this bad matchup for them. I don't think he does well this week. So are you thinking we see another like CD Lamb repeat performance, like 42-point week or whatever he had, 40-point? I wouldn't say repeat, but he could have another big week, yeah. I mean, it's just... I don't know. Well, I agree. I don't know that we see Pollard pop off again. I think it's had a stroke. Specifically because we might see Zeke back. It's just 
I don't know that we can... I feel like we're probably seeing at least a Tony Pollard that meets that five-point threshold, which we classify as a bust. I, I think... Or within that five-point projection, I should say. So still sitting around a, like, seven-point performance. So, I don't know. It's tough for me to call him a boom. It's tough for me to call him a bust this week. But either way, I mean... I'm torn. I, I want to say that. Zach, do you have anything for, for Pollard? I don't know. It could go either way. Pollard could break a 50-yard run for a touchdown and hit his mark, or he could be held and not played at all. I mean, we'll have to see. He's he's literally a, t- he's literally a coin flip. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, if Zeke doesn't play, I think he's – at least oh, a projection Zeke. player. If Zeke doesn't play, I could see him booming. But like I said, if this high-powered offense of Minnesota jumps out to a big lead, which like they like they can do, I mean, it could be a negative game script for Pollard. Yeah. So I mean, that could happen, too, even if he does get the start. You're muted, Steve. Uh, I, I, meant, I was saying fair enough, but <laughs> Drew, that leaves us then with uh, your last bust for this pod. Or for this episode, I should say. My last. Boom? Yes, bust. sir. Bust? I thought you said bust. My bad. You said bust, but... I meant boom. I'm, okay. I'm, having, I'm having a day. Let's say <laughs> My last boom for this pod is going to be Foster Moreau. He's projected at 8.91 points, and with Darren Waller on the IR, he can expect even more targets this week coming his way. And the Broncos haven't been great against the tight end this year. So, granted, their defense has been, you know, pretty good against their number one wide receivers this year, but it's just the facts that they have not done well against opposing tight ends. And I don't know. I feel like who who else is going to get involved if Devontae Adams is somehow shut down by Pat Sertan? He's going to have to throw it to Foss Murrow here and there. I just think he has opportunity for targets this week, and it could turn out to go well for him. Yeah, Zach, what do you have on this? Well, I took Foster Moreau in my uh... – in my uh, DFS, and I think uh, I think it's a great pick. Uh, definitely, definitely is a possibility for him to boom. I mean, uh, Carr hasn't been playing great this year, though. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, I I definitely like the pick, though. I definitely could see a boom here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he just does what he did last week with like one more reception, because he was at. Thirteen point three a week ago, and he's projected at eight point nine. I mean, he's he's right there. He could easily boom. And Derek Carr's been known to love throwing to his tight ends. So if Foster Moreau gets open a time or two, it's it's easy. I think so. I, I really don't mind this pick at all. And projections, it, the projections so low, it just makes sense to to take somebody that's going to be, I think, a big part of this offense until we see Darren Waller come back. So I like that pick a lot. Zach, who's your second boom then? My second boom is going to be 
Oh, Justin Jefferson. He's projected at 22.75. And I can definitely see him having a 28-point game this week. Um, he did it against a team that nobody would have expected him to do it against. Um, and uh, he's just the GOAT. And I just think he's... I just think every week somebody should take him as a boom because the guy is good. <laughs> like, I don't know how, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can be better than the goat, but this kid's definitely got potential to possibly be one of the best ever, possibly better than Jerry Rice. If he continues to wow. dominate like he is, I mean, he is just otherworldly. Uh, I do want to throw out there the time I took Justin Jefferson as a boom, which was week eight. Uh, he busted basically. So <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. You you go right ahead. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine right now, and I loved watching and, him in that game versus the Bills just dominate. Oh, uh, no, no doubt. I mean, he was insane. I'll just throw it out there that for some reason he showed up on the injury report today with a toe no one seems to know how serious it is at this point but if it does bother him i clearly can't see him busting but maybe he doesn't go astronomical this week i don't know uh, y'all do you well, guys astronomical think... is just 28 exactly <laughs> I, I, I mean like he's gonna get trayvon diggs who's been good all year would you think that's an issue no. I just want to throw that out there, I guess. I mean, did, didn't he draw white? Uh, the Trey White player, was he? Was he, I don't know I, if he's played just yet. I don't know. I am not sure. I'm I mean, not sure that's either. a great question because he was on IR and he was activated, but I don't know if he's played just yet. But either way, um, I, I cannot. I, could, I cannot. Can, uh, can't confirm nor Not I, confirm, huh? right. Anyways, um... Since we're talking about Justin Jefferson, I want to throw out a hypothetical. I don't even know if it's hypothetical, just like a question. His catch in the fourth corner, is that more impressive or less impressive than Odell's catch Monday Night Football against Dallas? More impressive. I want to say more because the other guy had a hand on it. I mean, you can argue because OBJ's with a t was a touchdown, but I mean, that's just the luck of the draw. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what... What down was OBJ's? Yeah. I am. That, that was that my was that was that, that fourth was and fourth, fourth and eighteen. Play has to be made. Ball comes to you. What do you do? He balled out. I mean, and that, that was my argument for why it was more impressive too. Though. Yeah, like, if that if if that's not ice in your veins, I don't know what is. I mean, if he doesn't catch that ball, the game's over right there. Exactly. But I, I just wanted to throw that hypothetical out there. I have a hypothetical, just like, which would you say is more clutch? I would definitely say it's more clutch, because I feel like Dallas was at least, or uh, the Giants were winning at that point. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, my second and last boom for this podcast, the show, I should say, I'm going to take Ben Skoranek. I mean, dude saw seven targets last week. He's going to now get a role where he's, I think, ahead of Van Jefferson, who's only played one to two weeks right now since coming back from injury or something like that. Yep. And it feels like 
Sean McVay wants to get him incorporated into this offense. And I mean, he's seen uh, six plus targets three times this year, five plus targets four times. I mean, it just feels like somebody that for some reason coach McVay wants to have utilized in this offense. And I think with the, the fact that Cooper cup went down uh, with, with a high ankle sprain, it just leaves a big gap and Skoranek could, I don't think he's going to fill that gap by any means, but could at least be a stopgap until Cup may get back. So, what do you guys have for Ben here? I mean, for me, I just don't think we're going to be able to tell this week because Cooper Cup's going to be out for a while. But, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to be playing the Saints. I think they're just going to be trying to get on track this week, you know, get okay. back into it. When they play Kansas City the next week, I think that's when we see, like, you know, who they really trust getting the ball. But, gosh, it's tough. I mean, he had seven targets last week, caught two for 14 yards. It's like, what? I don't know. It's possible. You know, if he comes out and does well, then, you know, this could be a different story. But as of right now, I think we kind of have – at the moment, we have no idea who's going to be the successor of Cooper Cup mm-hmm. being out. So it's it's, it's a right. tough one for me. I mean, my thoughts are with this that no matter who they play, we see Allen Robinson get the best DB on the field all game. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make these other guys like Skoranek, like Van Jefferson, like a 2-2 Atwell make the plays to beat them. So I'm kind of lean- that's why I'm leaning towards towards Ben having a decent game this week. Zach? Um, I definitely like, uh, uh, the Skoranek pick. I mean, um, I will say that last year they asked Van Jefferson to step up and he did. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, maybe they trust him a little bit more to do that. Um, but I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, that's my take on it Mm because it's familiar territory for, for Van for Van and he's done it once and maybe he does it twice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can, I can get behind what you're saying at the same time. Uh, my last bust for this episode, I'm going to take, unfortunately chase Claypool. Oh, um, we we've talked about the fact that the bears offense the past two weeks has been impressive, but I'd say 95% of that offense has been Justin Fields running the ball for, what, 300 and some odd yards the last two games? Um, or whatever it was. And, uh, I mean, is Claypool's first week after the trade deadline in, in Chicago, we saw six targets last week against Detroit. He saw two. Drew mentioned it very early in one of our podcasts. I forget when or what week it was, but the Atlanta DBs are pretty solid. And I, I just feel like if anybody's making a play, it's going to be the run game this week for for Chicago, whether it's Montgomery, whether it's Fields, Tristan Ebner. I, I just don't know that the pass game is going to get as much work as it should. And if it does, I think it's going to go to Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney. So that's where I'm at this week with Claypool. I, I want to agree with you, but, you know, I listened to the Fantasy Football po- uh, Fantasy Footballers podcast today. And my boy Andy Holloway 
guaranteed a Chase Claypool touchdown this week, so I'm going to oh, ride wow. on that. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to ride on that and say he doesn't bust this week. So He's going to score his second touchdown on the year. Yep. All right, Zach? I don't know. I, I'd lean more towards bust. Dude only caught one pass for, what, three yards last week? Eight. Eight. Give oh, him some oh. credit, eight yards. I mean, I feel like the only reason he's there is for them to just throw the ball deep and get uh, pass interference calls. Which they don't get. But Which nope. they, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> They're just allowed to tackle the receiver and still be okay Hold with him. it. But, I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, say that he's just basically a decoy, but it just doesn't feel like he's gonna. he's been utilized enough to make it worth at least a start. I mean, he's had eight targets in two weeks, three receptions in two weeks, 21 yards. And you, but you also got to understand, eight targets in two weeks for how the Bears started right. this year is phenomenal. But, I mean... <laughs> But I mean, week week nine against Miami, you got six, and I, I I didn't watch the game, but how many of those were actual like catchable balls, and how many were throwaway kind of things? Yeah, exactly. I I, I, gen- I genuinely don't know. That's why I'm I'm throwing it out there. But anyways, uh, Zach, who is your last bust for this episode? My last bust, huh? See you, Senor. Yep. Uh, da, 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 da. it is ye old. Robin Stevenson. He's projected for 15. Robin Stevenson. What a name. Or. Did I say it wrong? Ramondre? Ramondre? Ramondre Stevenson. You said it very wrong. (laughs) There's no B in his first name. I know. I just have R. Stevenson because I was lazy and didn't type everything out. Um, And I guess I just blurted out the first name that came to my (laughs) mind that started with an R. But. uh, I just think that uh, he's he's going against a somewhat surprisingly better defense than what we all thought would they would be this year uh, in the New York Jets, um, and uh, I think uh, I just think uh, like you said, there's that huge snowstorm that's heading up that way this year too, or this week. And I don't know if they're projected to get some, too. Um, I just think it's going to be some sloppy football being played up there. and Not a lot of yards to be scored. Well, it's it's at the Jets Stadium. So that's in uh, New Jersey. I don't know how much they're getting, I guess. I didn't look that up for snow. But, I mean, the last time they played the Jets, he had 22 fantasy points. It's at New or at New England, by the way, not the Jets State. It's a yeah. I hey, thought it was at New England. No, I think it's at the Jets. No, it's it's at it's at New England. It's at Gillette. Are you sure? I would bet a hundred dollars on it right now because I'm looking at Week Eight at the Jets for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, at the Jets. Yeah, and Week Eleven, it's home against the Jets. No, if it says we're, we're... at the Jets, that means it's at the Jets Stadium. In in week eight, it says at Jets. We are in and, week eleven, Drew. But for week eleven, it says versus. Never mind. Which I'm means he's home. I'm an versus. idiot. Let's <laughs> go. He's home. I hear you. Just go over it. Let's get past it and give your thoughts on what it is. I don't. 
I don't see him busting. He did well last time. Yeah, I agree. I don't see him busting. We saw that that week eight performance at the Jets. Um, he had 16 carries for 71, seven catches for 72. I mean, they're getting him work in both the pass and the run game. And I mean, since week five, when he kind of took over for Damian Harris, he's basically been a 16 plus point RB1 player. He's slid into RB10 for PPR formats. And it just feels like Ramondre is going to take his take Damian Harris's job away from him in the long run. So, I, I I truly cannot see him busting. Projected at fifteen points, he'd have to have less than ten, and he hasn't done that since week two against Pittsburgh. All right. And uh, I I just I mean, if he doesn't hit projection, I see it more like the the thirteen point performance he had against Green Bay than anything, and it just it doesn't feel like it makes logical sense to have him as a bust but i mean who knows zach called Devonte adams a few weeks ago and somehow Devonte adams busted so <laughs> With, without marshawn Lattimore in the lineup mind you yeah uh so so drew now that you figured out what versus an at means who yeah, was your I, last buzz the sad part is i know what it means <laughs> i was just blind to it for some reason that's tough, but my last bust for the podcast is going to be Alec Pierce at 9.09 points, and as soon as Jeff Saturday took over, Alec Pierce disappeared. Mm-hmm. Last week, he had two targets, and I don't know, I just can't see it getting better for him this week against the Philadelphia defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know, people are getting on to Paris Campbell. He did well last week. I just feel like Maybe he was kind of restarted when Jeff Saturday took over, so I can't see him doing well this week. It wasn't even since Jeff Saturday took over that Pierce disappeared. I mean, it was when they fired their offensive coordinator before, I think, what, week nine? Because mm-hmm. week nine he saw two targets for one catch. Week ten he saw two targets for nothing. And like you like you mentioned, Paris Campbell had a bigger game, obviously, and Campbell's out snapped him. He's out out targeted him. I mean, it, it truly does make sense that he's gonna have another three year less point performance this week. And like you said, especially against Philly, who's really good against opposing receivers. So I, I'm I'm on board with that. I just I can't see him and I mean if he if he has projections, so be it, but I, I just don't see him hitting that nine point mark for projections. Zach. Um, yeah i I could see him just hitting projection, possibly not. It 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 all depends. I don't know. I I I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. <laughs> On the fence. <laughs> yeah, I I can hear what you're saying, but uh, just just reading this little excerpt from uh, RotoWire. Uh, he was not the starter to Ashton Doolin in a three-wide receiver set, and he got less targets than someone like like uh, Campbell. Now it's just it it doesn't feel like it's a good matchup for Pierce, and I don't know. I get it. So uh, with that, I do have a closing thought, but I'll, I'll let you guys go first. Do you guys have any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, 
this episode? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, just uh, excited for week 11. See what everybody uh, ends up doing this doing this uh, week. Okay. Should be interesting. Fair enough. Yeah. Drew, do you have anything? No, you can go ahead, Steve. So, I just wanted to bring up randomly, because I was thinking about it earlier this week. But I want to say four or five podcasts ago, maybe, Drew, you mentioned something about us next year taking maybe wide receivers over running backs in the first round. Since you've was... posed... Go ahead. Okay, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, since that question was posed to us, has your guys' opinion on that changed at all? I don't think my opinion has changed, but I feel like everybody's going to revert back to the same old ways regardless, since it's kind of picked up a little bit for running backs mm-hmm. since we talked about it. So I don't, I, I just feel like with how, you know, thin it is at running back, people are just going to continue to pick as many as they usually have in the first round. Okay. Zach? I don't know. It depends on it depends on where I'm picking, I guess. I mean top top picks, top five right now for me. I mean, I'd argue that Justin Jefferson could probably be one one next year. I mean, as of right now, Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill should be top five picks, to be honest. Yep. And, and Tyreek was Debatably a second rounder. Diggs. And Cooper Cup is coming back healthy. Yeah, so should like, be interesting. My, my thoughts on this was there's a pretty drastic drop off from, I'd say your top, let's say top three running backs who right now are McCaffrey, Eckler, and Barkley. Not in that order, but they're they're your top three. And there's a I'd say a pretty significant drop off after that. Is it almost like the tight end position where you'd rather spend up and get that running back though? Like I mean if you didn't spend up on 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 Kelsey slash Andrews this year, you've been hurting at, at tight end unless you can stream so and that's the thing kind of andrews has been hurt so even at that you're pretty much mm-hmm. the only person like if you spin up on kelsey then fine but after that it's been rough goddard that... hasn't been bad for me no he's on IR prior now, to the so. injury yeah he, his shoulders yeah. screwed, <laughs> but i mean that's it's just my concern is that like after those top three it's it's not really that pretty so it'd almost be i feel like worth going out and getting one of those guys because the receivers have been so good this year and you you got such value out of somebody like a christian kirk or since he's come back from injury or uh, not injury suspension deandre hopkins kind of thing yeah that's true so i don't know just that's just my thoughts i didn't know if your guys is a take or opinion to change on that all because it's it's been probably a month or so since we discussed that topic yeah and that's that's why i feel like it's just going to revert back to how it's always been because you can find depth at the wide receiver position every year. It's just, we never know where it's going to come from. Right. So like like, like this year you've got, mm-hmm. you got Christian yep. Kirk hitting, but you've got Cortland Sutton, not Cortland, Jerry Judy you know I mean? or right. Or, or even, you know, good 
later, like uh, Lazard, who's had it quite. I mean, he's done what we expected, I think, maybe a little bit better. Just been a consistent fantasy player. But, anyways, uh, just wanted to throw that out there. And as always, thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. We appreciate all the love support. If you uh, if you like the podcast, check us out on TikTok. We've been posting our third boom and bust on TikTok. Been answering a bunch of questions on TikTok, and it is at boomerbustff. And we try to reply to every uh, comment we get on there and, and, and just share the love with you guys because we appreciate everything that you guys do for us. So with that, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you in week 12. Peace. Yeehaw. Thank you for listening to the Boom or Bust Fantasy Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.